This is also a siyam of Masechta's Sukkah. From the Pasuk of Asisa Yoshev Hashem, from the Pasuk, in this week's parasha, and you shall do what is just and good in the eyes of Hashem, learned men up, the Gemara says that we learn from this, the Mdim from Bar Metzre, the law that applies to a neighbor. Meaning to say, if somebody sells a field to someone else, had the bar metzra, so the neighboring field, the person that has a neighboring field to this field, there was hot afeld b'shchenus from the fakayf afeld, the one that has a neighboring field to the one that was sold, the recht he has the right to masalik zaindim lekeach, he has the right to remove the person that the purchaser of the field, fundem soda from that field, on his upkayf afazich, and he has a right to say that I have the right of first purchase because I'm a neighbor, I want to buy the field that's neighboring mine, and even after the field was sold to someone else, he has a right to remove that person and to buy the field. Because it's always better, it's always a favor for the neighbor to that he should have his field adjoining each other, and it's easier to work a field and so on, and somebody else can buy a field somewhere else. The dim from Bar Metzre, the Azved Gezakti Gemara, this halacha of the neighbor, the as is brought in the Gemara, and Eurke Paskent in Rambam, and the Rambam also gives his ruling that way, is that when the Lekeach Hotching Feld, that even if the person that bought, bought the field already paid for the field and he bought it, so because of this posik that says you shall do what is just and right in the eyes of Hashem the, uh, the neighbor has the right to remove the purchaser and to say I am buying the field he has the right to, remo- to pay the purchaser for the field and say I am taking over the field from them is moving, from this we understand, as the Chiyu from Vasisa Vyashavatev Likbi Ikira from Lekeach. So we see that this mitzvah of do what is just and right is for the. Who, does, who is the mitzvah uh, directed at? It's directed at the person that wants to buy the field. The Torah says to him, no, you have to leave it for the neighbor that he should be able to buy it. This is a mitzvah that is a, incumbent upon the person that wants to buy the field. Since to him it doesn't make a, much of a difference whether he buys this particular field or another field somewhere else. Whereas for the neighbor, the one that has the neighboring field, is, is, for him it makes a big difference. Is Yoshev Therefore, it's just and good as the Bar Zolzain, the kind of the field that the neighbor should be allowed to buy the field, and this mitzvah is directed at the one intending to buy the field, and therefore, even if he bought it, he can be removed and told that he has to sell the field to the neighbor. And this also seems to be the way the Gemara looks at it, from the way the Gemara says it, as the Gemara says another thing, Zovin Akum, that if the uh, the owner, original owner of the field, sold it to a non-Jew, Lesba Mishum Din of there is no application of the Din of Bar Metzra of the neighbor anymore. Akum Vadilav Bar because a non-Jew is not bound 
by what the Torah says you shall do just and good what is just and good in the eyes of Hashem and therefore what are you going to say to the guy the, the, uh, the neighbor is going to say give me the field he says I'm not bound by the laws of the Torah and therefore there's no uh, there's no reprieve for the neighbor there's nothing he can do why? because the mitzvah is directed at the, at the uh, purchaser and the purchaser in this case is a goy and therefore there's nothing that to, to be done whereas let's say if it had been a mitzvah at, uh, for the seller that the seller shouldn't sell it to somebody that is not the neighbor so then the, the neighbor could come to the seller and say how could you have done that he would, uh, let's say we would have to impose that the neighbor should buy it back from the goy and he should give it to the neighbor the, the original uh, seller should buy it back from the guy and he should give it to the neighbor but no we don't say that because the mitzvah seems to be directed at the buyer and the buyer in this case is a guy and therefore it does, he's not bound by that mitzvah in other words that this is a din that the the, the chi of the responsibility is on the buyer when the ribir is a nisht chal then zobin l'akam it doesn't apply when it was sold to a guy However, the parameters of this, of the halacha, of the neighbor, what's called the neighbor law, can be seen, explained in two different ways. There are two approaches to this din. Number one, that it can be seen as, it doesn't have any... Um, the halacha has no has nothing to say about the the sale itself it doesn't imp- impact the sale itself it only talks about do what is just and right it's up to you to do what is just and right which means it's not to say this halacha is not saying that the buyer that is not a neighbor the sale isn't a real sale. That's not what it's saying. The Chachamim came along to the, sell, to the buyer and they said, although the sale, the purchase was a valid purchase and it has all legal ramifications, it's a legal, legally valid sale, however, we tell you that the Torah says you should do what is just and right. And therefore, he needs to now that which he legally acquired through a purchase. He has to relinquish it. He has to relinquish it to the neighbor, not to say that the sale wasn't a valid sale. It was a valid sale, but you are obligated by the Torah to do better than that, and therefore, you have to give it up to the neighbor. As well as other things which apply in the laws of Bar Metzra. Number two, another way of looking at it. The Another way of looking at it is that the Torah says, because it is just and right that the neighbor should be able to buy the field, he should be the, have the right, the first rights of refusal. Therefore, it gives him already a certain ownership of that field. Of course, not full ownership of the field, he has to buy it, but it gives him access that he is the first one that has somewhat of an ownership of the field. 
when the ribbit is those was the Kaikh Daf Obgim the Feldson Bar Metzra and therefore the fact that the buyer has to relinquish it to the neighbor is a snish blois mitzarachiv and it's not just that the Torah says, you know, it's yours, but you should really give it up to him. But rather, what it is is What it really is is that this field is already connected to the neighbor. The neighbor already has some form of ownership, slight ownership of the field. As the Nemuki Yosef actually says it. He says, It's as if he already has somewhat of an ownership of that field. Gimel. And what would be the difference in regards to these, how you look at it? According to the first way of looking at it, as the din of the Bar is, I get it from the the law, the neighbor law, is just a, an instruction to a yid that he should behave in a way that is beyond, you know, a way that is just and right. So this is a mitzvah directed at the buyer. And that he has to conduct himself in a way that is just and good. And he has to give it up and relinquish it to the neighbor. However, there is, of course, a caveat. It's a mitzvah directed at him. But what happens if he says, I don't want to do the mitzvah? It's a mitzvah, but I don't want to do it. So then, is embezzled machriach. So the bezin come along and say, you don't have an option. This is something that the Torah says you need to do, and therefore they can force him to do it. Leuten zweiten but according to the second way of looking at it, adosis adinin kinin akarka, that this is a law which impinges on the very sale of the field. Is agam azayich do is der vasis so even though in this scenario and if we look at it this way the practical application of this halacha is still that the buyer has to give it up to the, to the neighbor but the command is given to the bezdin and actually they are the ones that need to see that it gets carried out because it's a halacha which speaks to the sale itself not an instruction to the buyer, but it impacts the sale itself. As the Namukhi Yosef says, that the neighbor has already a certain ownership of it. That because of this pasuk, that you shall do what is just and right, the Chachamim have given the neighbor... A, an access to the field that he, as if he owns part of the field in other words what they're doing is they're undermining the fact that the buyer went through with a sale because you can't buy something that somebody else already owns somewhat and therefore it's because of this that the buyer has to now remove himself because he bought something which somebody else already owns somewhat and therefore, it's a the bar is talks to and addresses the sale itself, not just the buyer. You need to relinquish it, even though you bought it legally. Dalit al Based on this understanding of seeing it in these two ways, one could say, that this is actually a between the rishonim. 
the early commentators. Specifically, we can see it in the way the Rashi and the Rambam and the difference in the way they address this halacha. In the time from Bar Metzrim, it's Adasisa Yeshua Tev Rashi. In giving the reason for the neighbor law, because of the Pasuk Vasisa Yeshua Tev, Rashi says, Tavashiyata Nechzar Kolkach, something by which you will not lose too much. Shetimtsa Karkoiz Vemokam Machar, because you can find a piece of land somewhere else. Veloy Tatriach Albena Metzel, Li is Nechasim Chalukim, and therefore you should not burden the neighbor that he should have to buy a field that is distant from his existing field, which will put a, a greater burden on him, and to you it doesn't make a big difference where you f- buy your single field. The Rambam is Mevayadim Din, Tam. The Rambam explains it a little differently. Yesh shaloi, the person that is the neighbor of that field, he is permitted to give money to the buyer and to remove him and this is because the Pasuk says you shall do what is just and right since a sale is a sale you can buy a field anywhere so therefore it's more just that the person that is a neighbor should get the the uh, have the uh, ability to be able to buy that field that is close to his field, more so than somebody who doesn't have a field next to this field. Thus haste. So looking at the difference between the two, the way Rashi says it and Rambam says it, Ladas Rashi, according to Rashi, is an This is something which is a conduct which is ex- expected from the buyer that is completely directed at the buyer it's speaking to the buyer something that you will not lose anything by buying a field somewhere else and that you should not put a burden on the neighbor that he should have to buy a field somewhere else so it's all speaking to the buyer Rashi is this in the sugya as Rashi actually emphasizes later in this same uh, subject, where the Gemara talks about what happens if it was sold to a guy, and since he is not uh, bound by the laws of Vasisa Yashavatayit. So Rashi says, We can only say to the neighbor, to in order uh, to say on behalf of the neighbor, we can only say it to the buyer. We can say to the buyer, you withdraw so that the neighbor can buy it. And therefore, since it's a goy, therefore you can't say it to the goy. But Rashi seems to putting the be putting the whole thing on the buyer. It's only a halacha which is directed at the buyer. And since the buyer is a goy, therefore there's nothing to say. However, according to the Rambam, it's not just a halacha that is directed at the buyer, on behalf of the neighbor, but this is rather seen as, this is the way it should be done, not this is how you, the buyer, should conduct yourself. Rather, it's a general principle that this is how sales should be conducted, 
Amiris Chachamim, that the Chachamim say, as Azoyus Toive Yosha, this is the right way to go about business. The Rambam begins describing the halacha by focusing on the neighbor. He doesn't focus on the buyer. He says that the neighbor has the right to be able to remove the, the buyer. Yeah. <clears throat> and he says that the one that the the uh, the neighbor Chaveri over here is talking about the neighbor. So the Chachamim said that it's the proper way that the neighbor is the one that should buy it. In other words, it's not about the buyer, the original purchaser, it's about the neighbor. This is how business should be conducted. The neighbor should be given the right to buy this field. This is the way, this is just and right. The neighbor should be given access to the field. And this is accomplished by the Chacham giving the neighbor already a certain access, a certain right to that purchase, and therefore he somewhat owns it. In other words, that the Rambam is, seems to be describing it as not that the buyer has an obligation to give it up, but that the Chachamim created this sale, this type of sale, in a way that the neighbor already has a certain access to it and a certain rights to it, and therefore he's the one that gets to buy it. And therefore we now understand why, when we're talking about the, if a goy bought it, what does the Rambam say? That if somebody sells it to a goy, what does he say? The Gemara says there's nothing to do. The Rambam says, We put the person, the seller, into a cheirim, we excommunicate him, until he accepts upon himself any damage that the goy may inflict on his neighbor. Until the goy takes on to conduct himself and according to the Jewish law, which would have been what would have happened if he had sold it to the neighbor. So the, the seller becomes responsible f- to the neighbor that he may, has to make sure that the goyish buyer should, uh, should treat him fairly and so on and not to become a burden to the neighbor. That's how the Rambam says, what do you do when it's, it's sold to a goy? So number one, we see it is mashmid and tamva stating gemara akam vade He takes that he doesn't even mention what the gemara says that a goy is not bound by the laws of The Raman doesn't mention that at all. Number two, it is meisif avloshna gemara. He adds to what the gemara says. He says that the seller becomes responsible to make sure that the guy should treat his neighbor like a Jew should be treated and the laws that a Jew should be treated. Because according to the Rambam, it's not just about the buyer that he has to... Uh, see to make sure that the neighbor should be treated well. In other words, give him the field. This is how halacha that governs all laws of sale. And since the seller sold it in an inappropriate way to a guy, when he should have sold it to the neighbor, therefore the seller becomes responsible for whatever the guy does and so on. That's how the Rambam seems to be approach it. Hey, Shengiret Filmol, 
it's already been discussed many times. As a zaynadok kamenyon of Allah's betayr of a schach bashkafir shayna zayn is a sugiz vinyon of that even though that there are many halachas and ideas that are brought out in Torah, which when you look at them on the surface, they seem to be completely unrelated halachas, which have no connection to each other. Since, however, the Torah is one Torah. So if you look a little more deeply, you see that there is a certain principle which governs many different halachas which seem to be unrelated to each other. Or sometimes you see that the foundational law is what leads to different conclusions in different scenarios, but the foundation is the same. We find this approach to finding relationships between different halachas and how the same principle governs different results in different halachas, but it's based on the same principle. There are many G'dayli Yisrael that went about explaining different, uh, different subjects in that way. Especially the Ragat that he had a penchant for that. He did that regularly. Al-Piyanal, based on that, as the Tzveyaz Boris, based on what we said before, that the Tzveyaz Boris in Dim from Barmetzah, and I get a Kloli, that explaining the two approaches to Barmetzah, by Yedrin in Loitza and Gedorim Yochadim. So based on this, we could say that the uh, that these two explanations that we said about Barmetzah, that there's uh, two ways of looking at it, as we explained, we can say that they are two principles in how to approach a certain subject. In each case, it would be according to the parameters of that particular case, but the principles would be the same. And to express it, what, what would be the t- difference? When you talk about neighboring things, do we say that those na- the neighboring things have an internal connection between each other? There is a meaningful connection to each other? In other words, that we see that the neighbor can make a change in its neighboring thing. Like the way the Rambam said that the, the neighbor already owns a piece of that field or a certain access to that field it's not just that they are neighbors and therefore they have a very external connection to each other if you're a neighbor you already have access to that neighboring field the way the Ramam explained it or the other way would be or perhaps we could say that as Rashi says that the connection between neighboring fields is only very very external which means that the, sell, the buyer has a responsibility to his neighbor, but otherwise there is no real in, integral connection between them. So we could say that this same idea of how do we look at neighbors, whether it's an internal connection, a meaningful connection, or just a very external connection, can be applied to neighboring situations in other areas of Torah. 
and this would make a difference in a number of different ways and in a general way as is well known we will find that the Rebbe is going to now bring three neighboring situations one in the area of which means space one in the area of Shana which means time and one in Nefesh which means people these are three categories which exist in creation time, space and man so in Olam in regards to space neighboring neighbors in space we already discussed it that is when there are two neighboring fields which happen to share geographical uh, neighboring places so that's the, that's the discussion of neighbors in space Vav Chapter Vav Bishona. Now we'll talk about neighbors in time. In the Meinu Fun Zman, in the in regards to time, by the Din Fun Teisim Bechol Alakedus Beimekipurim, in regards to the halacha that one is obligated to add to the holy day from the previous day and from the later day. So in other words, Yom Kippur or Shabbos or whatever, there is a holy day, and we are commanded that we should also take away a little bit from the day before and add it to the holy day so we start Yom Kippur a short, a few minutes early we start the fast a few minutes early we end Yom Kippur or Shabbos a few minutes late there's a mitzvah of Taisus to add to the holy day from the weekday preceding it or the weekday which follows it so in the case of Yom Kippur, was where everybody agrees, the Gemara says that that is that you must add a little bit to Yom Kippur, because it says in the Pasuk, the Pasuk seems to say that on the ninth day is the fast, but really we know that the tenth day is the fast, Yom Kippur is on Yud. So that teaches that we should take a little bit of the ninth day as well and add it to Yom Kippur, to the fast of Yom Kippur. And then there is to add to the holy day of Shabbos and Yantav, later days, which would depend on the different opinions about this. He says, Over there, there's a machlaikis, whether it's Minatayra or Midarabanan. This too is a, is a matter of neighboring. It's a neighboring time. There is the time of Yom Kippur, of Shabbos and Yantav, and the neighboring day is the day before and the day after. So there is a certain, there's neighboring in time. The Zman from Lufnei Shabbos Ulachra is a Shacham Vesamach to Shabbos. The time before Shabbos and after Shabbos is a neighbor to Shabbos. Un Oich Dan, Kenzayin of Tveifanam, over there too, we could look at it as two, in, in the same two ways that we can see the neighboring, what is the, cat, the status of that neighboring time. Number one, one way of looking at it is, the Shechenus Machta Shaychus Pnimis, that the neighboring time of Shabbos, the few minutes before Shabbos that you add to Shabbos, is an internal, an integral connection to Shabbos. That the time before or after Shabbos, because of its neighboring, because it neighbors the time of Shabbos, the time, the few minutes before Shabbos and after are changed fundamentally they too become they take on the holiness of Shabbos or there's another way of looking at it the time, the few minutes before Shabbos or after they don't become 
they don't take on the holiness of Shabbos. But since it is a time that neighbors the holiness of Shabbos, is the Therefore, the person, the Yid, is commanded to conduct himself in the spirit of Shabbos already a few minutes before Shabbos, even though it's not really the time of Shabbos yet. So the mitzvah is on the Yid, not on the the time of uh, leading up to Shabbos. What's the difference? How we look at it? Based on this difference of how we look at it, we can explain as dos is the bir machlekes aposkim that that explains the machlekes of the different uh, the poskim. See in the zman teisus kem emekayim zay mitzvahs kiddush shabbos. There's a machlekes whether you can make kiddush for shabbos. There's a mitzvah to make kiddush on shabbos. Can you do it in the in the minutes that you add to shabbos? It hasn't really become Shabbos yet. You added a few minutes earlier. Well, you could do more than a few minutes. You could do a half hour before. Can you make Kiddush during that time? There's a machlaikis about this. The day is was halten as bismanatesis kemem mekayim zaymitzis kiddush vachilus Shabbos geyetzebei. According to the opinion that says that in that additional time you are able to make Kiddush and you can eat, you can eat the meal of Shabbos, which is a mitzvah for Shabbos as well. That's because they accept that the time that you add to Shabbos takes on the holiness of Shabbos. So now you can eat during that time. You can make Kiddush that time for Shabbos because it has taken on the holiness of Shabbos. And even though we look at it this way, that's even according to this opinion, that would not say that if you decide to take in Pesach early you're going to start Pesach two hours before night can you now make Kiddush two hours before Pesach if you eat your Matzah during that time they say that the neighboring time takes on the holiness of the Yom Tov. so you might think that you might start your Seder earlier even according to them you're not allowed to do that because those mitzvahs of eating matzah and the four kaisas which the kiddush is one of the four kaisas they are dependent on that night it says on the night of Pesach you shall eat matzah so therefore we know that the mitzvahs have to be done during the night and since even though you have taken on the holiness of Pesach at an earlier time but that doesn't turn it into night and the matzah has to be eaten at night and the Arba cases have to be drank during the night, so therefore you can't do it on Pesach anyway. So of course the fact that it's a neighboring time to Pesach doesn't turn it into night. It can turn it into the holiness of Pesach, according to this opinion, but it doesn't turn it into night, and therefore you can't start your Seder early, even though on Shabbos and Yontif, you would be able to because over there it doesn't say anything about doing it at night. It doesn't say to say, make Kiddush at night. It says to make Kiddush on Shabbos. And it is already Shabbos. But according to the opinion that says that when we add to the, to the uh, Shabbos a few minutes early, it's not that it transforms that time into the holiness of Shabbos, but rather it is a command to the person, to the Yid, that he should refrain from doing malacha a few minutes before Shabbos.
is does the five alishutasa mother's manatasis ayam nara shaykhis chitsainisuzana shabbas. That is because they see it as the neighboring time only has an external connection to Shabbos. And is Nishbegedit Suvenatel Fusman Shabbos. It's not that, that those few minutes become Shabbos, they take on the holiness of Shabbos. And therefore, during those few minutes, you can only add to your attitude to Shabbos. I will not do Malacha. In the Mitzvah Fanasiyah's Malacha, Kiyetzebei. Aber mekendach dan nish mekayim zayin the mitzvahs v'zayin fabun mitzvahs v'zayin Shabbos. But that doesn't mean that you can now do the mitzvahs which you need to do on Shabbos, like making like making kiddush or eating a meal for Shabbos. You can't do it during that time because that time is not Shabbos. It's only a time which you are told you should honor Shabbos during that time as well. Ches benefesh. Now we go to people. Man, how does the neighboring issue apply to people? In the Siyam Sukha, this is where the Siyam Masechta Sukha begins. Zok the Mishnah, at the end of Masechta Sukha, the Mishnah says, As Madikansen the Mishmara from Bilga, there was a group of Kayanim, there were, there were different shifts of Kayanim. Every week a new shift came in, and they were divided into 24 shifts. Each shift had to come for two weeks a year. But they didn't come two weeks in a row. They came one week at a time, and then six months later, another the same shift came again. And they had names of the families, and one, there was a shift called Bilga, the Bilga family. So this shift of Bilga was punished. As the din is that even though the halacha were applied, that the they would switch shifts on Shabbos. The, the one, sh- one shift would come in one shift would go out during that day on that Shabbos there was like two shifts alongside each other the coming the shift and the leaving shift so the coming shift was given more importance they're the new shift that is arriving and they divided let's say the lechem upon him the, uh, the carbonus that they ate and so on they divided up they sat in the north on the north side of the Mizbeach the north side of the Azara, of the courtyard of the Beis Amigdash, because the north side was the important side of the Beis Amigdash. The Shechita of the Kotshe had to be done in the north, so we see that north had a greater importance. Since the incoming shift has greater importance, so the incoming shift would occupy the space on the north side, the outgoing shift would occupy the space on the south side. Saying it inside, the incoming shift that is now beginning their shift would take their carbonus and what the, whatever they were given distributed to in the north. The tzofen iker because the north is the main, the dominant place, is over. But even though that was the normal conduct, but in the case of bilga of the the shift of bilga, they were punished. They always took their space in the south. That was a snub of that family. They always went to the south. Vidiyaitsim, they were like the outgoing shift, even though when they were coming in. Vitabata, that was one thing. A second thing was Vitabata Kfua. The the ring, I'll explain soon what the issue of the ring is, was fixed, not Movable. They fixed it in place. The other, the other rings were movable. Theirs was fixed. I'll explain soon. 
the Chalina Stuma and its window was, its locker was closed up. They had no access to their locker. Explain soon. The Gemara explains two reasons why this, this shift was punished. Number one, one reason, there was the story of Miriam, the daughter of Bilga. She was a young woman of this family of Kainim that she converted away from Yiddishkeit and she married a non-Jewish uh, a non-Jewish uh, soldier the Gemara tells the story at length that when the Goyim invaded the Beis Amigda, she banged she took her shoe off and she banged on the Mizbeach and she called it like you uh, wolf, why do you consume the property of the Jewish people and you don't ha- help them in the time when they have their need when the enemy invaded the Beis Amigdash, where is God? Where is he? Why isn't he defending the Jewish people? They've been bringing Karbonus on the Mizbeach all these years, and the Mizbeach does nothing to help them. That was a very chutzpidika thing to do in the Beis Amigdash to speak in such a disrespectful way. So because of this, they punished that family. The other reason that the Gemara says why they were punished is while Mishmar to Shoyolob, they always came late. They always showed up late. So therefore they punished them for that. The Noch Freg the Gemara, then the Gemara asks the question, We can understand according to the one that says that the reason they were punished was because they came late. That's why they punished the whole group, because they all came late. But according to the one that says it was because of this young lady. And what she did, so because of this one person, they should. Uh, punish a whole group? Why should they punish the whole shift? Amar Abaye and Abaye explained, and yes, that's, there is a reason. Kedamri Inche, as people say, the talk of the young child in the street, she's just repeating what her father says or what her mother, mother says. So if a child says something, you know that's what she heard at home. And therefore, when Miriam Basbilga behaved in this way, it's because that's what the family was. She took it from her family, and therefore the whole family was punished. So the Gemara says, So because of her parents, that was just her parents. It was a whole big shift, many, many different people involved. Why should the whole group be punished? Rabbi explained, Woe to the evil person, woe to the neighbor. So the neighbor also suffers because of the evil of, the, of, the, of their neighbor. Good for the tzaddik and good for the neighbor as well. As the Pasuk says, Say about the tzaddik that he is good, because they um, benefit from the fruits of their labor. What's the proof from this Pasuk? As I'll say soon, it starts with an individual. The tzaddik is, is good. So what do you mean they benefit? Who is they? All the neighbors, everybody around them also benefits from the tzaddik's goodness. So that's what the Gemara says. From them was the shaklevatari, and the Gemara is in the ersten tam meisav emiring bilga. So the most of the discussion in the Gemara centers around the story of Miriam Basbilga. So in other words, the Gemara puts a lot of attention on that answer, that reason why they were punished. Is mashmasaf, and this it would seem adosa de iketam that that was really the dominant reason why they were punished. Favos de mishmaris get constant given why this uh, shift was punished. 
Rashi concludes at the end of this Masechta, from here we learn that woe to the Rasha, woe to the neighbor, and therefore, if we understand that woe to the Rasha, and woe to their, the Rasha's neighbor, so we then by, by inference we can understand that that it's good for the tzaddik and good for his neighbor, the midatayvah because the good always outweighs the bad. So if the neighbors suffer from the rasha, then without doubt, even more so, that the neighbors benefit from the tzaddik. So vipal as as from the tzaddik Since in the matter of coming to the conclusion that what is good for the tzaddik also benefits the neighbors. Rashi relies on this for this on a logical explanation. Is so therefore it's clear as it is from Imru that Rashi did not have in his Gemara the proof that in our Gemara does appear from the Pasik that we quoted before. The Pasik that says Imru Rashi did not have that Pasuk in his Gemara therefore there is no proof from the Pasuk and therefore it's a logical conclusion that we come to that in the case of the Tzaddik it's even more so than in the case of the Rasha and many versions of the Shas that Pasuk doesn't appear in, our, in many of our Shas and it's in brackets to show that it, is, uh, it only appears in some but not others so then we have to understand the Tam the the reason for this and was the is from So we have to understand what is the difference if we learn it from a Pasik or we come to this understanding of from a logical conclusion. Does it make a difference if we learn it from a Pasik or we get it from the logical conclusion? And it's important, you know, does the Gemara quote the Pasuk, does it not quote the Pasuk? We see differences. Let's try to understand what the difference is if we do have it from a Pasuk or we have it from a logical conclusion. Tess. So we'll understand that. In order to understand this, let's first understand what the Gemara says, that the ring was fixed and that the locker was closed up we find two different explanations of what is meant by the, the ring being uh, fixed and the locker being closed Rashi is mefarish. Rashi explains it this way As what is the ring was fixed means this there were rings that were there in the what's called the butchering area in the Azara. You have to remember that the uh, courtyard of the Beis Amigdash was used primarily for carbonus, which means there were a lot of animals that had to be cut up and so shechted and cut up and so on. So there was an area in the Azara, in the courtyard, that was dedicated to this activity. In that area, there were rings which were which were placed there to order to in order to hold the animals in place. They were affixed to the they were placed into the stones on the floor of the courtyard. 
Vatabas Psuchem Etzad Echad, and the ring was an open ring, it was half open. Um, so it's, let's, say, let's say you see it when it's in the open position, it's a half circle, like a moon crescent. So then you would turn the ring to open it, and you would put the head, the, the throat of the animal into that ring. And then you would turn the ring, the other side of the ring could now be moved to close up the circle, to complete the circle, so that fixed the animal's neck into place so that it couldn't move. And then you would turn the ring towards the uh, ground, so therefore that you completed the ring and now the, the, the completed the circle and the animal's head was fixed in place. So that's what the Gemara says. So the ring of of Bilga family was fixed in place. In other words, they, let's say, uh, soldered it into place so it could not move. You couldn't move the ring, so you couldn't open and close it. Which means it disabled that ring. Which means the Bilga family could never use their own ring. They always had to borrow a ring from another shift, from another family. That's the way they were punished. They disabled their ring. How does Rashi explain that the locker, the room, the window was closed? There were windows open into the walls. There were thick walls, and they opened sort of lockers, windows into those walls. And that's where the Kayanim would stow their knives, their knives of Shechita, and the other knives that they needed to use, maybe to skin the animals and so on. Uh, or the shechita, mostly the shechita nice. The sasmuchalenish of bilga, so the locker of bilga was closed up. They were not given access to their locker, and again, they had to use other people's lockers and knives. Thus, hey, that's side the taboys and side the chalain. So, in a given letayel, it's a shechita v'kazleha. The way Rashi explains it, both the ring and the uh, locker was for the need of shechita. That was what it served, the purpose of shechita. The Rambam, the Rambam explains it differently in his commentary on Mishnayis. He explains this way Each Mishmar, each shift had its own ring. They would hang the animals after they were shechted on these rings, and they would, uh, that's how they would skin them, flay them. And they were all affixed into the walls of the of the courtyard. And when each shift arrived to do their avodah for that week, they would insert their own ring into their place where they were going to do it. In order to establish their dominance, it's and now our week, our ring is in place in the place where our ring goes and so on, that established their position that week in the in the Yavayda of the Beis HaMikdash. So also, there were 24 windows or lockers, one for each shift. As I said before, there were 24 shifts. And over there, they would place the garments that the Kayanim would wear. That's where they would stow their garments until they had to come back 
24 weeks later, that's where they kept them. There was a window, a locker for each for each shift. The tabas to live hefshet akarbon and the chalonis to live the kona. So the Rambam doesn't see it as having anything to do with shchita per se. He says that the rings were for flaying, skinning the animals. That was after shchita already, and that the uh, the windows were not for these knives for the chalovim of the shchita. They were for the garments of the kainim. The chilut tzvishin the pirushim is what's the difference between how you look at it uh, the way Rashi or Rambam. Lepirush Rashi according to Rashi is the knas from bilga in inyan of azanishayechtsenoshim. The punishment that the bilga family was given because it was because of the daughter the woman of the family, therefore the the the, the penalty was also in matters relating to women as well. Because the mitzvah of shechita, even of a carbon, was permitted to be done by a non-kayan, even by a woman. So therefore, by punishing them in matters related to shechita, they were punishing them in a way that affected, so to speak, at least theoretically, the women in the shift as well. And a woman is allowed to even do shechita, not just if she did it, it's kosher. She's allowed to take the initiative and do shechita in a way that she wouldn't have to enter the Azara. Perhaps she wasn't permitted to walk in the area of the Azara, but with a long chalif, where you can have the animal standing at the edge of the Azara, and she would stand in the Ezra's Noshim, in the woman's section, and she would shech the animal that way. It's only after the receiving of the blood, which is also one of the uh, an integral part of the carbon to receive the blood into a bowl that had to be done by kayanim which means not women the, uh, the male kayanim and a czar, a non-kayanim was not permitted to do that but the shechita was permitted even for a woman and therefore the penalty was done in such a way that at least theoretically it affected the women they cannot, they were punished that their access to shechita of their family would be limited and they would have to do it, borrow from the, from the other shifts. Loit Pirush Rambam, but however, according to the Rambam, Hotman Oich Kikansen in Azel Chazacham, was Noshim Bamdutzuk and Shaychasnish. The penalty was also applied to such areas which the women had no approach to that at all. Nish to Hefshet Karbonis, they were not able to flay the Karbonis. That was not something that a woman was permitted to do. Because that was rings that were placed in the Azara, in the courtyard itself, where the women didn't have access to. When Avadanish to the big Dekuna, certainly they had no access to wear the garments of the Kayanim. Those were there only for the purpose of doing the Avaida in them. Because women are not permitted to do the other Avaida, and therefore they had no business putting on those garments, and therefore the penalty to the family was given also in areas which had nothing to do with women at all. What is the basis of this argument between Rashi and the Rambam, how they were punished? They were punished because of the reason how Rashi sees the uh, neighboring, the neighbor nor in Azalchazach, Zachamas Hab Mashaychus Shachan Rosha. They were punished only in such a way 
that there is that it should affect only in the way that affects the evil Russia. Who was the evil Russia in this case? This one woman. She was the source of the whole problem. The reason everybody else was punished was because of her, as her neighbor. So you punish the 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 neighbors only in such a thing which also relates to the original Russia. So the Naira Miriam So they were only punished in such a way that it would affect the original woman, Bilga herself, in things that she would have been able to do. So that's where the punishment was applied. Is in them and therefore the punishment emphasized that the reason why they're being punished is because of that woman. They punished them in such a way that it would affect the women of the group because of that woman. But according to the Rambam, is the knas The penalty was given to them and even in areas which had nothing to do with the original woman that caused the whole thing. And that is based on the machloikis of Rashi and the Rambam about how we see the effect of neighbors on each other. Whether being a neighbor has an integral connection to the neighbor, until the neighbor becomes that as well. Or it always remains only a peripheral connection between the two, an external connection, and it doesn't really, they don't affect each other. And in this case, too, they go according to their opinion, Rashi according to his opinion, as we mentioned before, and the Rambam according to his. According to Rashi, we explain the connection between neighbors is only very peripheral and external. And it doesn't change the neighbor in any way. As we said before about the field, the neighboring field, that it doesn't become the neighbor's field. It's just that the, the buyer has, has the obligation to give it to the neighbor. And in another way, we can see that, say that Rashi, who always looks at the, let's explain the simple meaning of it. So in this case too, now that we say that we punished the entire uh, shift, is what does that mean on a simple level? That it's only something that we punish them because of the Russia, but not that they are integral to this matter. That's the simple understanding of it. There was a Russia amongst them, so everybody's being punished on, beha- on account of that one person. But not that they became somehow caught up into this whole mess. When the fire learned Rashi, and therefore Rashi uh, approaches it as Oich Ir that also the punishment and the shame that was brought upon the Yishif which comes as a result of being neighboring to that original woman, is not in an inyan shchita, is only in the matter of shchita. The shchita, which is the only thing that you could punish the woman herself, 
bilga herself because she's permitted to, to do shechita. So we could only punish them in something which she should be punished with. Because they are merely neighbors. They aren't caught up in what their neighbor did. There's only a peripheral connection between two neighbors. So if you want to apply a punishment, that has to be something that applies to the Russia and can also extend to the neighbors. But you can't say that the neighbors themselves should be punished in a way that has no connection to the woman to begin with. That's why it was limited to the area of Shechita. That when, according to the Rambam, that when there are neighboring things, there is an integral connection between them. Therefore, in this case, as the Oyl Shchene, so when we say that Oyl Rosha Oyl Shchene, it doesn't mean that they are affected only by the things which affect the original Shachan, the original Rosha but that there is going to be, they themselves will be caught up in this problem. But that they also are affected by the evil behavior of their neighbor, and therefore that flows into their behavior, into their personhood as well. In brackets, the Rebbe said, "V'yashlema does gate as in them gate their eichel shitasib ilchas deis." That the Rambam also relies on his opinion that he ex- expresses in Hilchas deis in the laws of attitudes. That he says, "Derech v'yashaladim." He says there that the way that a person was created, liyus nimshal b'dayosav b'maisav acharei v'chaveda, that a person in his attitudes is drawn along according to the people that he knows, to his friends, to his neighbors. As he dwells on this at length in Hilchas Deis, that a person should make sure that they have good neighbors and good friends because you get drawn into the way they behave. So we see that the Rambam holds that a person is influenced by their neighbor. It's not just a neighbor is a peripheral thing, it's not. There is an integral connection between the two. And therefore, we see the entire shift of Bilga as having taken on certain bad behavior is because of her and therefore the punishment and the shame that was brought upon them is therefore it's not just limited to the things that are connected to the original problem which is the woman and therefore it should affect only no because they as neighbors were also caught up in bad behavior. Therefore the punishment can apply to areas which only apply to them, meaning to the rest of the shift, to the male kayanim and to the avayda that they have to do and they were punished in that way too says the Rambam that their garments were, had to be stored in somebody else's lockers. That the ring in which they did the, the avayda after the shechita also was compromised. So we see that same machlaikis about how we see neighbors in regards to neighbors, people that are neighbors, and how they affect each other. We already talked about it in space, two neighboring fields. We talked about it in time, the time before Yom Kippur, Shabbos, and so on, whether it takes on the holiness. And now the people, how they affect each other. Is it just a peripheral connection, or is it an integral connection? Yudalif. Alpiza is moving the chilek. Based on this, we can also understand the difference. Simis goyres, whether we do include into the Gemara shenamer imru tzadik itayv 
Gaimer, whether we rely on the Pasik to teach us Tavla Tzadik, Tavla Shchenei, Al Tzarayas Tavla Tzadik, Tavla Shchenei, or the Malenet, Tzarayas Misvara, or that we learn it from a logical conclusion, Kanal, as we expressed before. What's the difference? The Raya from Pasik, Imru Tzadik, Tav, Kiprima Aleim Yechelu, what's the proof from this Pasik? Is in Pashtas, the simple meaning of it is, as I explained earlier, the Balda Pasuk Hayt Tombalosh and Yochet. The Pasuk begins with speaking as an individual, Tzadik Hitoiv, Tzadik because he is good. So it's talking about an individual Tzadik. When there's Messiah Balosh and Rabbim, and then it turns into a plural, Kiprima Aleleim Yechelu, the fruits of their labor they will eat. Is from pre. So we see that it's the neighbors that the the pasuk is teaching that the neighbors, others more than just the tzaddik himself, will also benefit from the work of the tzaddik. But if we see it this way, it should have said the fruits of his labors they will eat. That would mean that they benefit from the tzaddik's labors. They're eating, they're benefiting from the, the labor of the tzaddik. So at least the word labor should have been as an individual, not as a plural. Nor does Gufa made the Gemara midim raya from Pasik, but rather to understand it, this is what the Gemara is trying to bring out from the Pasik. Because of the neighbor, the neighborship with the tzaddik, it's not only that they benefit from the results of the tzaddik's behavior, which means they are rewarded for his good works. It means to, it's trying to bring out that there is even more going on. They become, it becomes their uh, efforts. They are rewarded for their efforts. Being a neighbor of the neighbor of the tzaddik makes such a fundamental change in them that their behavior becomes good, and therefore they are rewarded for their behavior, which is of course as a result of being a neighbor to the tzaddik. Meaning that they there is an integral connection between the tzaddik and his neighbors, which fundamentally changes them that they too turn into good people for which they should be rewarded. Now, does Gufa, but this, this itself, that they became better people, is Imru Tzadik. We say this about the Tzadik, because the Tzadik is good. Mazagdam Tzadik, we say to the Tzadik, or the Vegdam Tzadik, or we say about the Tzadik, Shevachat Tzadik, this is how we praise the Tzadik, but it's being said about the Tzadik. Varam dos vas prima because the fact that they will benefit from their efforts, kum to slib Tzadik. The reason that they became people that benefit from their efforts is because of their being neighbors of the tzaddik. They learned this behavior from him, and that's what changed them. So therefore, if we understand the proof from this posik in this way, it's understood as Lashita's Rashi Kanal, that since Rashi sees a completely differently, Rashi doesn't see the neighboring things as having an integral, making an integral change in the neighbor. Not as According to Rashi, it's only a peripheral connection between the two. 
Therefore, it's out of place to bring a, a proof from this pasuk, because this pasuk brings out that there is an integral connection between neighbors, and that's not how Rashi sees it. That's why Rashi relies on the logical, um, on the logical uh, explanation of why. Uh, the, uh, uh, the neighbor of a tzaddik benefits from the tzaddik because if it's so by a rasha certainly it should be so by a tzaddik as he says that if you find in the negative that by just a peripheral um, neighborship with a rasha is that already affects you in a negative way is certainly then that being a neighbor to a tzaddik and an even from Teilu Tzaddik Teilu Shechene would certainly be even though it's only peripheral it would still have a good effect on you it would still benefit you not have a good effect on you but it would still benefit you from you benefit you because Rashi sees neighborship as just a peripheral connection to each other and therefore that posseg which speaks of a much more integral connection is not to be applied to the issue of neighborship whereas the way the Rambam sees it that would be a good uh, proof from that Pasuk because Rambam sees neighborship as being something integral Yud Beis but still there, there needs more explanation because according to the way Rashi says it, why does he have to say that in, a, in, a, in the good is even more than in the bad of it so in the negative it's even more so in the positive why is that important here even if the good would be equal to the negative the positive would be equal to the, neg- to the negative you would still be able to come to the conclusion that if things are bad for the Rasha and his neighbors then things should be good for the Tzaddik and his neighbors as well even if they were equal you would still have a rational reasonable comparison between the two so why does Rashi have to come on to it's even more so in the positive is the beer in the so the explanation of that is bilga. The reason that they punished the shift of bilga is the punishment was not in a way that it actually affected their avoida. It didn't affect what they were actually doing. Nor It only affected them in a very external way. by it wasn't that they were prevented from doing the Avaidah. They didn't even take away any job that the people of uh, the Bilga family had. They did all the Avaidah that was part of their shift. The only way that they were punished was they were just punished in a way that they were embarrassed. They didn't have their own locker. They didn't have their own ring. By they, they were embarrassed in certain elements of their avoda. And so this accords with the idea of When we talk about punishment of ayid, 
the whole idea of punishing a yid is only an external process. It does not touch the essence of a yid, the internal functioning and workings of a yid. Punishment never goes to the to the internal. And the sages tell us, even in regards to the worst punishment possible, which is the death penalty, the fact that somebody was given the death penalty in a Jewish court, that he was told, you are not prevented from coming to the world to come. This does not in any way affect your access to the world to come. In other words, it's external. It's only in this life. But what is important in life, the neshama and its continued eternal life, that goes on as before. And this is Masim This of course fits very well with the fact that whenever there is evil within a Jew, there's anything bad in a Jew. It's always an external thing. When and that anything bad is only added something added to who he really is or she really is. Is therefore the punishment for that external evil is also only external and only temporary. But when we talk about good for the tzaddik and good for his neighbor, the fact that the neighbor benefits from the good that comes from the tzaddik, good is always internal and eternal. Which has an effect on the internal workings of the yid. Because goodness is an internal thing to a yid. Lefiza is moving as is nish maspik then tevel tzadik tevel shcheni is in the mzel mos vibat tzada heipach. That's why it's understood why Rashi could never settle for saying that just like oil rasha oil shcheni, so also tevel tzadik tevel shcheni, because they're not similar at all. By the oil rasha oil shcheni, it's only external. By the tevel tzadik tevel shcheni, it's internal and eternal. Because as we said, when a person is a neighbor to a Russia, the effect is only external. On the other hand, when a person is a neighbor to a tzaddik, even when the neighborship to a tzaddik is only very external, as Rashi says, neighborship is by definition mostly external. And it's not a a bond which you have with your neighbor. The tzaddik still has an internal um, effect on the yid by the midn shchenim by the Jewish neighbor. So im as is mamshich that he brings to them a goodness which permeates to their pnimis to their internal workings as well. That's why the river moves Rashi That's why Rashi says that in the good it's even greater than in the bad. For in the midis because through this he brings out that when the neighbor is a tzaddik, so then the uh, the connection is internal, and the connection is not peripheral, and it has an internal effect on the on the neighbor as well. Yud Gimel. In these two things that were mentioned, the difference between, or the similarity, but great difference between 
being a neighbor of a Rosha and being a neighbor of a Tzaddik is merumas the teichon from klolus diketzvein yonev azaynendah in shchenus anal. It also brings out the two general ideas that were that are brought out in these two areas of neighborship, bar metzra on teisur shabbos v'yantiv in the area of bar metzra, the two neighboring fields and the time before shabbos that adjoins abuts the time of shabbos. The pirush von oyler rasha oyler shchena in avodas adam. What does it mean oyler rasha oyler shchena? What does it mean in the in avodas of a person? The bitoy oy. What does the meaning oy mean? Vaistev tzar. It means that a person is experiencing a painful moment. On azoy vimenzed beteva benyadam. As we see in the nature of people, as ven amensh gefinsach and atif and tzar. When a person is subjected to a pain. He expresses it by saying "oy." On in the tsar fun in regards to the pain that is uh, that comes from avedus, is does avedus a What does "oy" mean when a person did an avera and then says "oy"? That means that he feels the pain. He feels that he was did something wrong. Therefore, that's an expression of tshuva. and it's this "oy." that a person expresses that breaks down that is able to dismantle the ra the evil within him and that's the these two things is the shvira fun ra the rasha means the breaking down the dismantling of ra which means in a general way there is the approach of we have to turn away from evil this disassociate from evil in the emotional makeup of a person this means feeling embittered by the fact that I'm so caught up in Averis what does Tevla Tzadik is the Aveda from that means of course the Aveda of doing good in the emotional makeup of a person this means the uplifted and joyful feeling of doing good of doing mitzvahs so Eilat Rasha means the person's feeling of remorse and so on in order to uh, dismantle the Ra that was within him and Eilat Sadik means the feeling of joyfulness in doing mitzvahs and the ability to do mitzvahs and when a person has is able to accomplish these two areas of Aveda, does uh does Eilish So this has an effect also on the neighbor. The Shviru Bitlara that when a person feels the need to dismantle the Ra, then it has the effect on dismantling the Ra. So these feelings of Sumeran and Asaitev, Eila Rosha and Tevla Tzadik also affect the Shochan, the neighbor. That in who are these neighbors? That can be understood from what we from the two ideas of uh, of neighborship that we spoke about, the Bar Metzra and the Tesar Shabbos. The Dim for Bar Metzra is Dokipshutai. The the in the basic din of Bar Metzra is mechayev dimensions of fearing to hepech tivoi 
a person is now forced to behave in a way that goes contrary to what it comes natural to a person, which is that a person here who went through the trouble of buying a field, and now because of this mitzvah of the Bar Metzra, he is forced to unnaturally relinquish the field that he bought in order not to cause any harm or not even harm just some uh, troublesome having to travel from one field to the other to another person that of course expresses the idea of Surmeira that you have to prevent someone else something bad coming to somebody else even just a small troublesome uh, result and this is true also of the general idea we're not talking about uh, neighboring issues of mitzvahs and kedusha and so on we're talking about an ordinary field which is a thing that's not considered to be kedusha it's just uh, neutral because in areas of neutra- of uh, you know of non ktusha over there one has to be more careful in the area of surmeira. But when we talk about the, uh, the adding some minutes to Shabbos and over there we're talking about increasing in goodness and holiness. So Shabbos to add which means to add more holiness into the world, into the time, and so on. So in other words, that these two ideas of are expressed in the two areas which we talked about of of the Shechenus, which is Bar-Metzri and Teisus Shabbos. Based on this, in Tzvetan Pirish von Eil Rosh Eil in the second explanation of Eil Rosh Eil that Eil Rosh Eil means the union of Tshuva. Based on this, that Mefashteim Vasashteitem Magal Amukas. Now we can understand what it says in the Magal Amukas as Elul is Rosh Tevis Eil Rosh Eil That Elul is the Rosh Tevis of the words Eil Rosh Eil Shchenei. Because this has to be understood, because the question, of course, comes immediately to mind. Elul is a month of compassion, mercy, atonement. Why does the Megal Amukas bring that Elul is connected to It's a time of uplifted holiness and so on, Rachmim. Why bring in Eil Rosh Now the Pirush is al but the explanation is based on what we said before. As Eil Rosh means Shvirus that Eil Rosh means to dismantle Ra through the Tshuva from Chaydush through doing Tshuva in Chaydush Elul. Va'Eil and what does Va'Eil Shchene mean? Mean that the Shvirus Arah from Chaydush Elul pale to the Eichef and Shochens Mana Samach Lechaydush Av, and that the Eil Rosh the fact that you are dismantling Ra in the month of Elul, doing Tshuva in the month of Elul, also affects the neighboring month of Elul, which is the month of Av, which means that even the, the badness, the Puronius, the negativity of, of the month of Av, will also be influenced by the Tshuva and the Rachamim and all the good things that happen in Elul through 
Rasha by dismantling the Ra. The beer bazaar, the explanation of this. A state in Zayar, the Zayar says that Chadashim was Geheren to Yaakov Avinu, that there are three months which are under the control of Yaakov Avinu, which are Zayna Nisan Ir Vesivan, those are the months of Nisan Ir Vesivan, those are the Chadashim from Kedusha, these are the months of holiness, associated with holiness. On the Fize, Hat Eich Ace of Gedaf Nemet Rai Chadashim, so then the counterpoint should have been that Aesop also has three months, control of three months. So the Zayr says, but in fact, Aesop was only given two months. He took two months. On which are Tamas and Of. Only the months of Tamas and Of. And he, even that, he doesn't actually have, and it was in the end lost to him. Because, first of all, Elul doesn't belong to him. And even in the month of Av, only nine days of the month of Av belong to Esav. And not more than that. So in other words, not only did he not get the full three months because Elul doesn't belong to him at all, but even in the month of Av, only nine days of the month of Av. Was from them is moving. From this we understand as is da an unterschied zwischen Chedush Av nach Tishuvav and Elul. So from this we understand that there is a difference between Elul and the month of Av, even the days after Tishuvav. The days after Tishuvav, which don't belong to Esav, there is still a difference between the month of Av and the month of Elul itself. Because the month of Elul was not given to him at all. The month of Av was given. But then, only nine days, so there is a, somewhat of a difference between the two. When the river is Eil Rasha Merames of Elul Gufa, and that's why Eil Rasha indicates Elul. Then, then, during the month of Elul, we are able to completely annihilate, to destroy Ra. As Megitim we don't allow him any control at all. Un uh, in them zman in the, during the time of Elul. Hagam as even though as the Zayar says, by rights it seems that it, it seemed that it should have belonged to Esau. When Oilishchenei, and then there is so Oil Rasha means Elul, that Elul is completely under the control. Completely, there's no Ra associated with it at all. It doesn't belong to to Esau at all. But then there is Eilishchene, the way uh, the way Elul affects the previous month, the neighboring month, which is a month of Av. The way Elul also is able to affect the destruction of Ra in the in the neighboring month, in the neighboring time, as that even in the month of Av, also Elul is able to do away with the Ra in most of the month of Av, is from Tishuvah Takach that in the, from Tishuvah and on, even Av doesn't have any, uh, any traces anymore of Esau. So, Oil Rasha means, as the Magala Mukas explained, it applies to Elul itself. Over there, there is no uh, evil at all. Over there, it was completely lost. And then, it flows into the month of Av, that part of the, the most of the month of Av is also removed from the control of Esau. When the Rebbe Zog, the Karben that's why the Karben Asanel says, that this is what it says in Shulchan Aruch, 
the Gemara Shulchan Aruch in regards to the month above Man the Isle Dina Bahada Akam the Shtamet Minei that if somebody has a dispute with a non-Jew for which he has to go to court and so he should avoid going to court with him in the month of Av because that's not a good time for Yidin so the Karban Hassanel says Mentos nor Businessman Nachtishubab that this only applies to the first nine days of, uh, of Av but after that it's okay to go to court case with a Goy because the, after Tishubab it's taken away from the control of Ra but ultimately the purpose of breaking, crushing the Ra is the ultimate purpose is not to destroy Ra but it's that from this we should also extract some good so that's also the purpose of breaking the evil in the month of Av that through this we get an increase of light the Indian from Menachem of that of turns into from rather than a negative thing it turns into a time of comfort Menachem of that after we are able to crush the negative and the ra the evil as we is expressed by Rasha, yet and talk from Tisha from the Tisha Yamim by doing this, by working on breaking the, the negativity for the first nine days of Vedr uh, of Gufa Menachem, then Av is transformed into a time of comfort. Until we reach the, in Shabbos Nachmu, is Nachmu Nachmu, a double expression of Nachmu, there's a double level of comfort. Nachmu Nachmu Ami, bis zu Anoichi Anoichi Menachemchem, until we go to even further. Uh, to a further level that not only is it the prophets that give us double comfort but it's Hashem himself anoichi anoichi double two times anoichi that Hashem himself offers us comfort as we go forth forward and then the noch sorry and the noch and then after that we go into the month of Elul which is the month of compassion the time when the 13 attributes of mercy are dominant and those 13 attributes of mercy they transcend the regular creation and that of course leads and is the Precursor to the Ksivir Simatoiva Barashana, Pas Yadir Ainer and Aina, that each one of us, men and women, Veren Nikta Venechtam La Alta Basivishal Sadikim Gemurim will be written and ascribed immediately into the book of Sadikim to the perfect Sadikim to the book of life.